All right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, thank you for tuning in to the community conversation brought to you by Prototype Training System, home of Prosper Prototype. Sam and I are back with another nutrition episode to help provide you with some education and strategies to better your nutrition. There's a lot of misinformation on nutrition and we aim to provide you with some clarity. Um, today is going to be a little different. We are actually going to be talking a little bit more personal. Uh, today, Sham is, Sam, I said Sham. <laughs> Sam is going to share her, her, her. <laughs> I didn't say whore. I said her. This is a fun way to start. <laughs> All right. This is perfect. Sam is going to share her story of how she got into nutrition. She's going to talk a little bit about herself and uh, her shared experiences with nutrition and dieting and all that fun stuff. So uh, Sam, a uh, question I have for you to start is um, more just on your schooling. What what made you interested in going to the fields of nutrition? Oh, that's a good question. So I feel like I should have a, a good story behind this, and I I really don't. So when I when I was in high school, I really liked school, and like I loved math, and I loved science, and I like really didn't like English or history. So I was like, I need to go into a field that's related to like math and science and like up until that point I had been like you know like um lifeguarding and, and teaching swim lessons so I was like maybe education <laughs> but I'm like terrified of throw up so it's like I can't be in the schools because kids just throw up all the time and I can't be a nurse because I'm scared to throw up so I was like I think I need to go like semi into the medical field my mom's a nurse and my dad works in like medical sales so like I have a, a like family history in, in the field. And so I was like, I want to like do something that helps people, but I don't want to be dealing with people throwing up on me. So my mom who like worked in a hospital all her life was like, I loved working with the dietitians at the hospital. My mom's a, a pediatric nurse. So she like worked with dietitians closely because a lot of her kids were on two feeds um, or like had diabetes. So she worked with dietitians regularly. And she's like, it's the perfect, like, career for you. Like you love math. It's a lot of calculations. Like you love science. It's all about how things work in the body. I think you should go into it. And so that like was kind of it. Like I didn't even question it. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. This is <laughs> the job for me. Um, and yeah, like after that, like the rest is history. Like I, I found a, a college where I could like dive and have the nutrition program. Cause it's like really specific, um, undergrad that you have to go to and like follow a very specific course, like setup if you want to get into a dietetic internship, which is required to be a dietitian. So it's like, once I found that and like settled on that, it was just like smooth sailing ever since. And I was like, this is the job for me. So talk a little bit about your, like your schooling and some of the things that you had to do. Um, you had to work with a lot of different, a lot of different cases, a lot of different type of, uh, mm -hmm. like you were just working with regular people that didn't have any medical conditions. Like you've worked with people with, you know, a lot of different, um, you know, um, ailments. So talk a little yeah, bit. Yeah. So it's interesting. So like, I don't know how much people know about dietetics, like as a profession, but like it is in the medical field. So you have to follow like a rigorous, like undergraduate that kind of tracks with people who are going into like physical therapy or like doing their undergrad work to be a doctor or nurse, because you're taking like 
anatomy and physiology, you're taking biochemistry classes, like you're taking a lot of those courses, um, like with, you know, medical professionals. So you go through like a very specific, uh, set of courses that kind of give you an overview of what you need to know about the field. But like, I mean, we all know it, like you learn by doing, um, and so like nurses go into like their rotations, like, um, doctors have residency, like anyone in the medical profession typically like works in a hospital setting before going into the actual profession. So dietitians do the same thing. It's like four years of undergrad, and then you have to apply to a dietetic internship. And that thing is like a whole hot mess, <laughs> if I'm being honest, because you have to apply and the match, it's a matching system. It's super weird. It's very, like any of you who know, like what doctors go through, it's very similar. It's like a 50% match rate. Um, and it's people coming right up, right, right out of undergrad, people coming out of grad school, people who have like taken a year off to like work at a WIC for a year. Like it's anybody who has any interest and has the undergrad requirements. And then also now there is a graduate school requirement, um, go into this. So it's like, you apply to this internship, it's a 50% match rate, not super likely that you're going to get it, but you know, it's all good. Like it worked out for me. Um, I got in, thankfully, my director, <laughs> my director was a diver and she like saw my application and was like, oh, yay, another diver <laughs> you're in. Um, and then in that you go through, it's basically like a residency for doctors. So it's um, 1200 hours of supervised practice. Um, you like work 40 hours a week. You do not get paid for it. You pay for it. <laughs> it's part of your schooling. Um, and you get to work in a lot of cool settings. So I started in a long-term care center. I started with like the elderly population. Um, and then from there, I went into the school system. Um, I like worked with uh, like school age kids, like my, my usual group that like I know and love. Um, what age, and then uh, after what that, age specifically? Like, Was it like high school or middle school? Like what age? I had elementary and middle school. Yeah. Um, and then where do I go next? After that, I went to, um, I did food service. We have to do a food service rotation. I worked at UConn, which so, wait, is wait, wait, just like, to rewind. What did you do like <laughs> in the schools? Oh, I did a lot. Like with the schools, we did like nutrition lessons. Um, so they, did you have a class I mean, or did they, you like, uh, did you guest speak? Yes. Okay. That, that's a good question. So I worked with the PE teacher actually, and I came in more like a guest, guest speaker and I gave presentations. I worked like, I read the elementary school kids a book. <laughs> and then with the middle schoolers, we did a couple nutrition lessons on um, like sports nutrition, like how to stay hydrated going into their, their gym class and sports practices and like what good like pre and post exercise snacks are. Um, so if you were talking, so that was really to, fun. If you were talking to a child, right now, how would you talk about nutrition? Like what type of advice would you give to a kid? Oh, that's a good question. Okay. So I, I'm going to like go on such a tangent, John, but my, I am a big proponent of like, you have to show kids uh, healthy eating habits at a really young age. And I think it's really important to use, and Leah talks about this a lot, like weight neutral language when you're talking with kids, like never talking about food in like it's good or bad, or like talking about how your body looks around kids, but being like, oh, like I'm about to go run for three hours in soccer practice. I need to make sure that I'm drinking at least a water bottle before I go out on the field and making sure that I get some good food that's gonna like keep, give me energy and foods like 
pretzels or crackers are going to give me energy before practice and they have salt. So if I have salt before I go and run, it's going to make sure that I don't get dehydrated. You know, that kind of like sentence is something that I'm, that was probably like a paragraph, but that's kind of what I say to kids that are really young. And then as we get older, we can like dive more into more specifics, right. By the high school age, like, and I, I was a teacher. This is like another tangent. I was a teacher. I was a PE teacher and I taught nutrition lessons to like high school age kids in previous years, right before I came to prototype. And so we did do more intense like uh, lessons, like how to read a food label, like how to look at foods and how to put together a whole meal, how they would go grocery shopping and be able to like grocery shop on a budget for when they go off to college. Um, So it's like, it really depends on the age group, but like the younger the kids are, the better it is to like show them the fundamentals of like, these are foods that are going to make your body feel good. These are foods that are going to give you vitamins. And this is how you put them together to eat a really good, healthy meal. Um, and that's like really all they need to know at a young age, but then you want to build in more without saying like, this is good. This is bad. I, like I stay, I stay very far away, away from those kinds of words when I'm talking to kids. Um, right. And it, it seems to work. I think building foundation as a kid, is important. And like I told you earlier, like for me, I had a really good nutrition foundation as a kid. Like I said, my mom's a nurse and my dad works in the medical field. So it's, they knew. So they kind of gave me that kind of base. Um, so it's nice that I get to kind of give that to other people. I lucked out. Um, I went on seven tangents. Where was I going? Oh yeah. I worked in a, (laughs) I worked in a food service system at UConn. That was cool. It was like a really big, they have like eight dining halls. And so it was a lot of like here's how you order the food. And here's how you put together a meal for like, I don't even know how many kids they have 50,000 students and like, make sure no one goes hungry. Um, then I worked at WIC, which I absolutely love that experience. I talked about it a little bit with my conversation with Mike, um, women, infants, and children. It's like a, basically like a food stamps program that just services that subset of the population. It's like the most amazing thing. Um, I obviously think there's like more that can be done there but I do love WIC. Um, that was cool. Cause I got experience like actually doing one-on-one counseling there, um, for the first time compared to like being in the, in the nursing home or being in the food system. Um, and then from there, where did I go? Oh, then I went to, so Walden is a chain for eating disorder recovery. There's one in, in Westboro actually. Um, and there's also one in South Windsor, the town I was like that I grew up in. So I, I went back there and worked and I know different people have had different experiences with it. Um, but I got a chance to work with like a population that's, uh, in working towards recovery for their eating disorder. So it's an outpatient program. So people go there for either a whole day or part of a day, um, and like work through eating disorder recovery. Um, and I've heard mixed, mixed opinions about it, but that was a great experience. Um, and the place I went was really excellent with all the patients. So I, I did love that experience. Um, and then I worked in the hospital for a while. Um, I'm like going on and on and on and this is getting very boring. I apologize, but <laughs> hospital for a while, I like was mostly on the med search board floor, which is just like basic people who come in, um, with no major, like uh, diseases, but I also like went through the other units. So like the cardiac unit or the psych unit, like we were all over the place, kind of getting uh, our hands into every kind of aspect of the field, because there's a very big difference between an old woman coming in with dementia, who's just underweight because she's always been other underweight or someone who's like, uh, a cardiac patient who needs a tube feed because it's like very different population that you need. 
Um, and then from there, I worked in a private practice. Um, and then once I finished my internship, that's where I got hired uh, as my first like dietitian job out of college. And then I stopped doing nutrition for a while, but now I'm here. It's cool. All I've been right, so like all over the place. I've got a lot of experience. When you worked with people, was it mostly in group settings or one-on-one? Um, mostly one-on-one. And were um, they only like groups referred were really or was it, was it referred like a, a doctor wanted a patient to see mm-hmm. you? Yeah. So at the, the private practice that I worked at, like actually full-time, like I got paid for it. <laughs> I wasn't paying for it in my internship. Um, yeah. So a lot of times doctors would refer, we took insurance there. Um, so like as a dietitian, I can accept insurance, but it's like, I have to be on a specific plan. So like the, the practice that I was at, we did accept insurance and insurance, not insurance, man, tripping over words like crazy today. Um, and so we accepted insurance. So a doctor could write a referral and then they could come to us. And then as long as they had, uh, the word is codes, what I'm, what's the not medical word I'm looking for. Basically, as long as the person had the right disease state, we could get reimbursed for that. Right. Which is like a whole frustrating process. If I'm going to go on another tangent of (laughs) certain insurances only cover nutrition if someone's already sick. Right. So there was like one client I can think of came in with diabetes insurance covered it because he had diabetes within three months of working had like reduced his, uh, diabetes to like be now pre-diabetic, um, his type two and now no insurance no longer covered it. Right. So like he had gotten like the coverage when he was, I wouldn't say sick, right? Like diabetes is not sick, but it's like in insurance terms, like sick. And then as soon as you're quote unquote healthy again, nutrition is not covered. So that's a whole frustrating thing. And I'm going too long of a tangent of it. Um, but I got to see a lot of cool people working one-on-one there. Um, and it kind of translates to a lot of stuff I do here. Cause it's very similar aside from like, we call everyone clients here and not patients. Cause we're not in like a clinical setting. Uh, it's pretty mm-hmm. much the same stuff. So when someone was coming to you because their doctor came to you, mm-hmm. what was the success rate of that person? Like wanting to actually make changes like Uh, them being told to go see you because it's good for them versus them wanting to actually make the change themselves like what did you what did you like did you find that sometimes there was people that wanted to make the change and sometimes they felt like you know you were talking to the wall like they they were forced to be there like what was some of the what was some of like uh, people that you dealt with regularly it was all over the map. Um, so like that one man with diabetes, great. He came in, he knew he wanted to make a change and it was like instantaneous. He was doing everything. Um, but he also came from a place where he had like no nutrition background whatsoever. So like he changed from eating a plate of pasta, which if you know anything about diabetes, isn't a, (laughs) isn't a super diabetic friendly meal to changing that. So it's like a portion of pasta with his protein with his fats and vegetables so that he's like now, you know, keeping track of his carbohydrates. Oh, we're on the move. This is fun. <laughs> keeping track of his carbohydrates. So he's not like spiking his blood sugars. So that was pretty cool. But then I had people who definitely came in and wanted nothing to do with me, um, which is interesting. But the thing is like part of my nutrition schooling is, um, so we had a class, um, specifically tailored to like how to do nutrition counseling. Um, and so one of the things that we talked about in there is like motivational interviewing, 
Um, and it's definitely something that like we mentioned before, John, of like, you have to figure out where your client is and like, are they ready to make a change? Are they like not sure if they're ready to make a change? And you have to figure out like, it's basically like a, use like steps, right? So they're like not ready. They're like thinking about it. They've like reached out and made the contact. They're pretty like excited about it, but like nervous that they're not going to be able to do it. And then they're like definitely ready to go. They're a hundred percent going to make those change. Right. And so like my, my diabetes patients, like way at the top, but I had people down at the bottom. And so a lot of times, like the first, like three or four sessions are just like walking people up that step, like ladder to get to the top where they feel ready to make changes on their own. And once they're at that point, then they're ready to make a change in their lifestyle or in their diet to like be healthier for the long term. So yeah, it's, it's, it's all, I had all over the map, but like, that's, I think part of our job is like talking to people and like figuring out if they really truly want to make a change and like helping them get to that point so that they're able to make all those changes. Now, you probably also found that you had people that wanted to make a change, but how often were you able to communicate with, with people? Yeah. So that was a little different. Yeah. So I only saw them mostly because everything was run through insurance, like once a month. Um, and so there was like no follow-up in between because that's just not like the system that we use. It's kind of unlike here where we see the people that we have as nutrition clients all the time. But at that place, it was, we could only, you know, like check in. And if they sent an email, we'd say like, Hey, this is awesome. Let's file it. And we'll, we'll touch on it in, during your appointment time. Right. Whereas like right now I'm readily available. People, people can text me at any time of day. I will most, most often answer unless I'm like in the middle of coaching a class. Right. Um, so it's, it's a little harder because it was like, I would say less hands-on, right. Like I didn't have the same kind of relationship I do with the people that I, I have as clients here, um, which is why I like it here. <laughs> this is awesome. And I, I think this is much better situation. Like here at Prototype, I'm able to follow people through the whole process for just a little while longer. Cause it's like, we're not waiting on insurance and we're not like having insurance run out. So I like can't see you again. So it's like the people who come here are people who are invested and like wanna like make that change. And so they're a little bit higher up on that ladder. And so it's cool because we get to see a lot of great changes. And like, you've been here way longer than I have, John. Like you've seen like a lot of people make huge changes all the way through. And I think that's like the best part of the job. It's like, I just want to help people. That's what I'm here for. Is that what, was that one of the reasons why you made like the switch of going from working in like that type of environment to working at Prototype? Was it that you wanted to uh, have like a stronger relationship with your clients? I think so. Like, I just want to feel helpful. I want to feel useful. It's like my own personal thing. And like in the job, no matter what I do, I want to feel useful, which is like why I thought in high school, I want to go into teaching. And then I did go into teaching and it was not the job for me, <laughs> but like, I like being helpful. And so when I was at the other place, it was just a little hard. I feel like like it was great experience. Don't get me wrong. I'm the, I'm very happy that my first job was at this private practice. It was also like in like a place that like everyone's, I would say everyone's values, but like I was very obviously different from the people that I worked with. So it was like very hard to relate. Um, but here I feel like everyone at the gym is like my second family. 
And like, I go into the morning classes and I'm like with the, my second set of moms, you know? And it's like, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like I, we have similar life experiences. Like it's a little easier to connect in the sense that like I'm sharing information and hopefully people trust me just a little bit more. Cause they can like see my background and see where I'm coming from. As opposed to the last place, people are just like, oh, who are you? You're clearly not from here. And I'm like, I'm just saying please and thank you. Like, <laughs> I was in New York. Like, it was, it was like, people are a little more aggressive in New York. And I can say that because I was born in New York and then we moved out. Um, but yeah, they were like, you're definitely not from here. And I'm like, no, like, I moved out when I was five. Um, yeah, because they could tell just because I said please and thank you on a regular basis. So... <laughs> Um, no, I'm so happy here. I love it here. And like, I have jumped job to job all my life. Like I've been all over the place. I've been like up and down the East coast. Like I keep saying, like I taught for a while, like this is, this is what makes me super happy. And I love what I'm doing. And I like love the people I work with. And it's just exciting to go into work every day. Like knowing that I want to go into work every day because I like, haven't always had that feeling. And when did you graduate? <clears throat> 2015 from undergrad and then 20. 18 from grad school because I did 2015 undergrad did my dietetic internship for a year and then I did two years for grad school not related to nutrition at all I had my master's in marketing that was just an extra <laughs> aside that I did um <laughs> I'm all over the map but yeah <laughs> so 2018 so I've been up here since 2018 got it so did you do all those jobs after school or was that all through school? Yeah. So that was like part of the internship. Um, that was like in the year, like 2015 to 2016. Um, yeah, it's like a year long internship. So I got my 1200 hours in there and then I went right into grad school from 2016. I graduated May, 2018. Got it. If I tried to draw a map of my life story, it would be really confusing. Cause there's like a lot of overlapping jobs and things that I did. Now, have you found that there's like a, you know, certain type of people that you can communicate really well with and certain people that you uh, felt were difficult to communicate with? Um, I've definitely had, yeah. Yeah. I've definitely had clients that are more challenging. Um, and that's like, if I'm like, okay, tell me about everything you ate yesterday. And they're like, no, I don't know. Like I had some chicken. I'm like, all right. Did you find that those good. The, did you find that those types of people weren't hundred percent committed to changing? Like, could you read body language like that? Or did you, um, well, like, or do yeah. you, some people have a really hard time opening up about nutrition and like what they're, what they're dealing with. Part of it. Yeah. Part of it is that, so if someone's telling me that all day, all day long was chicken, I feel like they feel that I'm judging them for what they ate, which is like, not the case at all. Like, like I've never judged anything that every, anyone has told me that they've eaten. I'm sure you get it all the time. If I'm like at a family event, people are like, don't look at my plate. Like, I don't care what you eat. Right. Uh, if you want to tell me about what you ate, great. Like, I'm, I'm really glad that you enjoyed that meal but like, I'm not judging anything that's on your plate. So if, like, I feel like if someone's not always willing to tell me what they're eating, then I feel like they think I'm judging them. And so I spend extra time trying to help them realize that I'm just there to, to guide them. Um, and so that's what I spend most of the, the initial sessions doing until we get to the point of they're like talking as fast as I am right now, spilling every single detail of their life. Right. Like that's the, the end goal. And so I want people to feel comfortable talking to me. I want people to feel comfortable opening up like about nutrition but also about life you know like 
I am there as a sounding board for a lot of people. And I say it all the time, like there are a lot of people that cry in my office and like, you will not be the first and you will not be the last. Like nutrition is like a big piece of everyone's life. And so it's like getting people to the point of like, they can open up about like what they're eating, what their frustrations are, what their stresses are in life and like how that all comes together. Yeah. So it's like, at first we might start not, not as best of friends, but that's okay. <laughs> We're going to keep working until you're willing to open up to me. Um, because then it, then it makes it a whole lot easier for both of us. So what would you give, uh, for advice to someone that is, you know, um, you know, doesn't have the best energy right now and, you know, they're not really in their high stress. What would you give for advice as a starting point for someone that is, you know, they feel like they're almost too busy to focus on their nutrition. What would you give for advice for someone like that? Mm, Okay, good. I like that you've specified a little bit. So someone who's super stressed out, I would say, can we sleep more? Um, (laughs) And if like, there's no way to sleep more and there's no way to de-stress because like, I don't know, going on a five minute walk, reading a book, listening to music, like a lot of things that people do as hobbies get like tossed to the wayside when they have a high stress job. It's like, see if you can fit something like that in your life. And then also, if I'm being honest, like, let's reevaluate, like, do you like your job? (laughs) And I, like, I say that, like, do you like your job? And like, what would you do if you left your job? Right. Because I understand for people, like, it's not just a matter of like, do you like your job? Like, if you don't, you should leave it because that's like not how things work. Um, You have to figure out like, if the job and the money that you're making and the security that you're getting from it is worth it to you. And like, if your stress level is too high, could you make a move that would make things better? That's like usually where I go. And if the answer is absolutely not, I need to stay at my job. It's like, okay, then we need to like assess what is actually important in your life. And we have to make nutrition as easy as possible for you, which literally can mean instead of cooking an elaborate dinner, go get a bag salad mix and a rotisserie chicken from the grocery store and have that with a side of toast. It takes three minutes for pair and you don't have to think twice about it. You know, it's like finding the shortcuts to like make nutrition easy that are going to take away stress instead of adding stress back in. Like nutrition should not be stressful in my opinion. Right. It should be a de-stressor. That was long-winded. Did I answer your question? No. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have like, that's, I mean, that's one of the number one reasons that I think it's like an easy, like excuse to not prioritize your health all the time is work Mm -hmm. and stress and your family. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I think like kind of what you just described is you almost have to make it, you have to make it a priority or it's not going to, it's really not going to change. So if it's something that you really Mm -hmm. want, if there's things in your life that you can't control, like your job where you can't leave your job, then you have to be able to figure out what, what are the things that you can control? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's what I'm hearing is what your, what your answer is, is there's certain things that you're not going to be able to change, but if it's important to you, then you're going to, you'll have to make some of those changes. And you've probably found too, that sometimes people probably come to you and they're not hundred percent ready to make that change. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
And See everyone, John's really good at analyzing all these things. <laughs> come talk to him. <laughs> you know, it's true. Uh, like a part yeah. of the process is being ready to make a change. And if you're not like, that's, that's part of my job. That's part of your job is to, like get people to the point where they're ready to make that change. Like, right. I know you've had conversations where it's like, okay, we're not ready to change everything. Like, let's just try to drink like three glasses of water a day, you know? Yeah. Like, let's start super simple. And once you do that one thing, that'll kind of guide you into this, this situation where you're able to do more things, like put nutrition as a priority, like eat the things that make you feel good without worrying about it as a stressor. Yeah. It's sometimes hard because we're kind of like, you know, we're in that anything that we want or need, we can basically just Google it or we can Amazon prime it to us, but you can't do that with like your health and fitness. Like you, like you have to, like, you have to put in the effort and you have to put in like the reps in order for those things to, to improve. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just wanted to get your kind of like your idea of, um, you know, someone that has a lot of stress and doesn't have a lot of time, like it's, it's the, the first, the first step is really like having to be like ready to want to do that. Yeah. Um, I have like my phone blowing up for some weird reason. Um, people are asking nutrition questions left and right. (laughs) Yeah. While I'm recording this. Um, (laughs) all right. So Sam, uh, any last things that you want to share about your experience with, um, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe your own personal diets that you've done in the past, or maybe a good way to end this is what are things that you wish would be, would change in the view of how people look at health? Ooh, that's good. Well, I have, I have a lot. <laughs> I'll like try to trim it down. I'm going to try to finish saying this in like two minutes. Okay. So I mentioned this in my conversation with Mike of, I really truly feel like the health world as a whole should focus on preventative measures that rather than reactive measures. That's like, that's a whole thing. I also wish health insurance would cover people all the time. That's a whole other thing. Um, Nutrition wise, I do think that the importance of setting a good foundation in kids is like by and large the best thing that you can do as a parent um of like I got really lucky that I grew up in a family where like my my parents worked in the medical field and like my mom always had a a, I mean maybe not freshly cooked but like we had we had dinner on the table every night um and it always included like a protein a starch and a vegetable like always So I was just taught that that was the way to eat and anything different was just out of my norm. Um, I was also like, as a kid, I ate yodels for breakfast, like the the ding dongs, ring dings, whatever they're called. Um, Yodels? You know what I'm talking about? The Swiss rolls. That's what they're called. Swiss rolls? They're they're like cake things, right? So as a kid, I ate that and my parents like never commented on it, right? They're like, she's active. She does sports. She'll at least eat breakfast if she eats this thing. So she's eating that. We're going to make sure she gets proper nutrition later on in the day. And they never said that to me. They never questioned my food choices. They were like, okay, is that good? Does that bother your stomach? Does your head hurt after eating it? No, great, eat it. And so I think that was like really important for me. And I've had this conversation with my parents recently of like, I grew up in a family, an Italian family where food is important. 
I also grew up doing a sport that's like very appearance based. So I got really lucky that I never really had like major body image concerns or like I never ended up in like an eating disorder, disordering, disordered eating patterns. And I think a big part of that is the way my parents talked around food. Um, like I was in a bathing suit 24 seven from the time I was seven until like literally even now. Um, and I've never felt that way because my parents always looked at food as like fuel um, and like ways to like help me be stronger or help me get faster. Um, and so they never made comments about like, why are you eating Swiss rolls for breakfast? And so I think if I have one thing to share to everyone is like, set your kids up for success. Like make sure that you're like giving them healthy, nutritious foods, but make sure that you're not teaching them that like foods are dangerous or eating a cupcake is bad, right? Because if you set them up for success as a youth, then they're never going to have like this need to like crave sweets, or they're never going to have this need to overeat on certain foods that aren't allowed in the household. So I think like, I have a lot of things to share, but if I'm going to like cap it off on like one thing and like use my personal experience as the background, I feel like that's what I want people to know. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of, um, like dietitians that work with kids and stuff like, um, they, a lot of what they're doing now is they're almost like including dessert with dinner. So it's not mm, on a pedestal yeah. being something that is a reward, you know, look mm -hmm. at like, okay, this is like, this has to be earned or this is, so it's interesting, like, kind of like how you like phrase things a little bit instead of like, you can't leave the table until you're done with your broccoli that puts broccoli on that pedestal of like, okay, this is this is good. And, mm -hmm. you know, and then this is bad. So then you get this like, almost like mixed, like mixed feelings when it comes to, well, I don't want to do something that's bad by eating this, you know, and that's mm -hmm. what starts like very, very young. But uh, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of like dietitians that work with kids. They like, they'll give them like, you know, like, like a balanced meal, but then they'll put like two, two Hershey kisses on the plate. And they don't tell mm -hmm. them what order to eat it in, but they're not getting any more, you know? Yeah. Like kind of teaching them like the balance, like, you know, you're not going to eat like an entire bag of, you know, um, Hershey's candy because obviously that's not healthy, but mm -hmm. going ahead and saying that, you know, having this or that is better than is kind of the wrong way to look at it. I mean, you can obviously say like, okay, fruits and vegetables are definitely stuff that you should have in your diet. And you can mm -hmm. say that candy is something you don't need, but it also doesn't mean that it's like un inherently bad for you if you have like a healthy relationship with it. But oh, 100%. It's important. And I'm glad you're seeing that a lot too, because it's like, I've, I, that's my lived experience, but it's also like how I educate other people. Um, and if your kids don't eat vegetables, let me just put this out there for the parents. Give them a choice. Like, so if they're coming home for an after school snack and they want a bag of Hershey Kisses, be like, do you want carrot sticks or do you want cucumbers? And they get some agency and they'll pick a vegetable and then you won't have to fight them about it. <laughs> I'll end on that so that with that tidbit. No, it's good. Yeah. Like, and like, give them like a lot of different colored options too. Like if you give them a choice, then instead of being like, okay, you have to eat this, you say, here's your options. Like you don't open up endless possibilities, but you say, here's your options mm -hmm. for this meal. Um, yeah. No, that's great advice. Um, <laughs> that being said, um, Guys, I hope you enjoyed listening to Sam's story a little bit. Uh, all her endeavors in the dietetics and going through all that 
schooling. Um, guys, if you have any future podcast episodes or questions you want us to answer, talk about, reach out to Sam or myself, and we would love to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.